Work it just a little bit. That you're stepping out of integrity with yourself and doing things you wouldn't do or saying things you wouldn't say or not saying things that you normally would say in order to people please and try to control their perception of you. Welcome to the Reclaiming Purpose podcast with me, your girl, your hostess with the mostest, and the founder of You Are Into It, Dana Lisa. Join me weekly here for wisdom drops on all things intuition. My methodology is the D3 method, and it teaches you how to discover your own joy GPS and reclaim your intuition, then decondition old people pleasing or analysis paralysis so that you can transform on a belief level in your unconscious mind. And lastly, how to take deliberate aligned action and find liberation and fulfillment in all aspects of your life, including relationships, love, money, and career. My process uses a blend of human design, neuro-linguistic programming, and my own intuitive gifts to help you in reclaiming purpose in your life. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back. It's me, your girl, Dana, and today I am joined by my lovely Solsa star, Comet. And we're going to be diving into another juicy topic that I'm sure so many of you are going to relate to, and that is people-pleasing and ending people-pleasing patterns, making them a thing of the past so that you can have amazing relationships where your boundaries are being honored, where your full authentic expression is being honored. And it's going to be so good because we both have very different conditioning around people-pleasing. We've had very different experiences around people-pleasing. So we're going to be talking to you from very different perspectives and ends of the spectrum that are really going to help you understand how people-pleasing can manifest in your life in a variety of ways and how to end it for good in order to create the love life, the business, the friendships of your absolute daydreams. Oh, you all know me. Welcome. And this is my beautiful, like I said, friend Comet. She is also a priestess and a healer. And she has an amazing offering right now for this year. The only way to work with her is through her Priestess the Reawakening journey, six-month journey that is beginning in August. I will let her share a little bit about that today. So if you're really vibing with her after this episode, then go ahead and check out her information. It'll be in the show notes below so that you can connect with her on socials. You can learn more about her juicy offering. You can consume her incredible content because she is always leading the way and is always inspiring, even if you just go hang out with her on social media. Highly recommend. Uh, her handle on Instagram is at they call me comment. And I would love my beautiful friend for you to tell me a little bit about how you discovered your own conditioning around people pleasing, how it's showed up in your relationships, a little bit about your own personal story and journey of unraveling that deconditioning and deconditioning back to your true authentic expression for yourself when it comes to people pleasing. Hmm, my own personal journey. I would love to share about that. So um, I guess in the way that I relate to people pleasing, the way that I can take ownership and witness how that has played out in my life, 
I think is um, growing up, I had a mother who was very emotional, very temperamental, um, and projected a lot of her issues. And uh, from a young age, I learned to take responsibility for her emotions. So I learned how to behave in ways that would help manage and regulate her emotions. So rather than actually knowing, owning, and honoring my own emotions and operating under my needs, I learned a protection mechanism to anticipate, empathize, and connect with how other people were feeling before they were even feeling it so that I could navigate them and avoid them ever feeling in a way that would usually, you know, in a, in a negative or a bad way, which in my mother's case would often result in me getting uh, verbally abused, punished, things like that. So it was a protective mechanism for me to anticipate, to control and manage others' moods so that I could avoid this programming that that always resulted, you know, that negative or bad moods resulted in my punishment, my unworthiness, um, me doing something at fault. So it's been a long journey and process for me to then, and, and this is a beautiful gift, you know, it does become a beautiful gift later in life when we can then dissect what is our own and what is someone else's. Um, we then have this very profound, very well-practiced empathy, uh, a very in incredible depth of empathy. But until we can take ownership of what's our own, we can take ownership of how we are actually not helping situations, we're enabling other people's um, you know, habits or, or we're not being true to ourselves, you know, um, when we can really separate the two, we can start claiming what it is that we truly need and want and feel in a given moment. Um, so there's a little snippet of my own journey. Yeah, I resonate yeah. with that so much. I had a very similar experience where I adopted these people-pleasing patterns and I became the type of person who was like really hypersensitive to other people's emotional state. And I would alter myself, like I would stop expressing myself and I would become this kind of like masked version of me who I thought would placate the other person's emotional state. Very similar has to do with my upbringing, my, the dynamic in my household between my mother and my father, between my siblings and my parents and between me and my parents and my siblings, those dynamics, the easiest way for me to kind of like coast under the radar and not get in trouble, not get punished, was to basically adopt this good girl persona who, you know, got really good grades and went to bed on time and always was home before curfew and would, you know, never rock the boat and would always agree with whatever it is that my parents had to say. And this kind of placating behavior, ultimately, this is kind of the dark side of people pleasing. It's really the ultimate manipulation. It's our desire to control other people's behavior towards us because we don't want their authentic full expression in our field because we're worried about their reaction to us and we don't want to have to deal with it. So the 
the way that sometimes I've looked at people pleasing in the past, because I've, I've really put myself in the past in this like victim mentality of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just a people pleaser. I'm such an over giver. And like everybody just takes from me. And I've really had like mindset issues in the past around my people pleasing about how like it made me the victim of other people and that other people were taking advantage of me. And it took a lot of radical self-responsibility to reflect that judgment that I was placing on others back onto myself and recognize that I was using people-pleasing as a manipulation to control other people's perception of me, to control other people's reaction to my expression so that I could stay in my comfort zone and avoid things like confrontation and receive validation of people's love for me, right? A lot of my people-pleasing was, you know, if I get good grades or if I make this person feel good, or if I give this person a gift, or if I, you know, this person always feels good when they're around me because I take care of everything for them, then they're going to love me and then I'll feel lovable and I'll receive validation and affirmation that I'm lovable because I constantly feel not enough. And so I'm always seeking that external validation from other people that I am enough. But in doing so, I completely lost myself. I became a fragmented version of me and I had a, you know, a wife mask and a sister mask and a a daughter mask and an employee mask. And I didn't know who I was anymore because I was so busy focusing on controlling other people's perception of me that I didn't even have a true perception of myself within. I wasn't seeing myself. And uh, I think this is really important to acknowledge because I've talked to people who have people-pleasing tendencies who are still in this state of like, oh, well, like, I'm just a giver and people take advantage of me and, you know, like, the world's out to get me. And it's really easy to come at it from that perspective because if that's your perspective, you don't have to change. You get to stay in your comfort zone. You get to stay the same. You get to keep the same pattern because it's everybody else's fault, not yours. But there is a call to to action here that if you want a different reality and you want to stop feeling taken advantage of, you want to stop feeling like you need validation, that you're lovable from other people outside of yourself, you want to stop feeling anxious in relationships, you want to stop feeling avoidant in relationships, you want to start creating and cultivating deep intimacy in your relationships, you want people to accept you for the truth of who you are. All of that requires you to accept you for the truth of who you are and to stop trying to control other people's perception of you through people pleasing. Mm. So call to arms, like, (laughs) let's go sisters. Like we can do this. And like with everything, I love it because we have such unique uh, journeys and often, scarily often, we have like experienced very similar things, similar outcomes but living on the opposite spectrums, right? So there's the people pleaser that's always showing up and always like out there and always serving. And and I can witness aspects of this in myself. And on the other end of the spectrum, part of my people pleasing in order to please my mother or the people in my family, I had to quiet down. I had to be seen and not heard. I had to play small. I was a very big, energetic, loud, high-pitched, talkative personality, and this was constantly shunned, condemned, 
degraded and so I often would shrink and I would hide and I would try to stay away and I was constantly just feeling lost in who I was because I was trying to uh, you know I was taught to please others I had to be quiet I had to be um, I my voice wasn't nice you know the sound of my voice I grew up being told that the sound of my voice was horrible um, and so there was this people pleaser in me that just wanted to uh, not be seen and not be heard but balance that out with the energies inside of me that also became super empathic and so when somebody did get really emotional in my household then I took responsibility for their emotions I felt all of their emotions and my emotions times 10 it was all heightened and I took so much responsibility for it all that it was my fault because I was you know the problem child um, I couldn't cope with all the energy in my body I didn't know how to regulate it and so when I then got to that point of not being able to please the people in my environment, then I'm feeling all this energy and emotion, then I would actually literally explode. Like I would not be able to, I would scream and swear and cry. And I just felt like the whole world was falling apart. There was no sense of connection to who I was or myself or acceptance of any of the feelings that I was feeling and going through. No sense of, no, no um, capacity to, to regulate because there was just this judging, criticizing, you know, voice in my head that said, it's your fault, um, you caused this. And then I'd be asking myself questions like, why does this always happen to me? It was the victim. It was like, um, yeah, so that played out a lot. And the only way that I could really evolve from that space is I had to take responsibility for my feelings and start to really discern what was mine and what was someone else's. What I was responsible for and what I was not responsible for. And that's where things get juicy. Yeah, yeah. true that. One of the hardest things for me has been the same the discernment and learning as somebody who is number one conditioned to be highly sensitive so like there's people who aren't necessarily empaths they don't necessarily experience the emotions of other people in their environment as if they're their own but they are highly sensitive they're like hyper aware of the emotional state of people around them and they're picking up on visual cues and auditory cues because when they were children they were taught to do that unconsciously. They were taught to be able to pick up on these cues with their caregivers because the emotional state of their caregivers meant their survival, essentially. And once I learned that, I was like, oh, okay, so now I can, I can observe these cues without it meaning I need to change my behavior. Like if this cue happens, it doesn't mean I need to change anything about my behavior. And sometimes the emotional experience that I'm having on my in my inner world as an empath is not my own experience. It's the experience of someone that I'm in the auric field of who's having this dysregulation. And then I become dysregulated. But then you, like you said, as an empath, you have to learn the discernment because if you're taking responsibility for the emotional state of somebody else because you're feeling it as an empath and you just want to feel better. 
same thing. We're still looking to manipulate. We're taking away the sovereignty and the self-empowerment of the individual to learn to regulate their own emotions and to learn to step into their own power and become the best version of themselves and change their own thoughts and patterns and behaviors. So I think that that's like a that's something that as an empath, as an intuitive, you have probably experienced if you if you've been in like a room before where you just walk in and then all of a sudden you can like feel the state of the room. Like you can tell like something really dramatic just happened or you can tell that like there's a secret that's about to come out or something like you just get this immediate knowing that's the empath. But if you grew up with being a highly sensitive child because you were, your guardians were prone to um, outbursts or prone to punishing you or are pu- prone to projecting their emotional state onto you, there's some kind of dissecting that you have to do. Like you have to start to realize, okay, this is my hypersensitivity. When my partner looks like they're frowning, I immediately get over chipper because I want to make sure that they're happy. And so I change my behavior to try to make them feel better. Or oh, like when I'm in the room with someone and they start crying, I feel like I'm going to cry too. Or maybe I do cry because I'm an empath. And then does my hypersensitivity then make me try to console them because I want them to feel better so that I can feel better? Or do I give them their power back to console themselves? Like what's your reactional response? How are you responding to these experiences that we have as an empath, as an intuitive person, or as someone who's been conditioned to be hypersensitive, hypersensitive. And I think that those three things really are the root cause of a lot of people's people-pleasing tendencies that manifest in their relationships in different ways in adult life. For example, I myself am a anxiously attached person. I had an experience recently where If you've been following along, then you know I've been dating again. Woo! As an adult, as someone who spent most of my adult life in the same relationship, it's a whole new world. And (laughs) I'm getting gorgeous mirrors of reflection through these people that I'm having these interactions and these experiences with. And recently, I had an experience where I met someone and I was like, I really like this person, like me, like so excited. And I wanted to lock them into a relationship right away. And I had a really good friend of mine whose name is Catherine, and she's a relationship and sex coach. And so she really was like walking me through this, bless her, and was asking me some really beautiful reflective questions. And she said, are you so busy trying to get him to like you that you are not even asking yourself, do you like him? Like, do you like this person? Are they the type of person that you want to be with? Do they exhibit the behaviors, the the personality, the, the traits that it is that you want in your soulmate? Or are you so focused on receiving that validation that you are lovable and the indicator that you're waiting for is, oh yeah, they said yes to being in a relationship with me, that you're stepping out of integrity with yourself and doing things you wouldn't do or saying things you wouldn't say or not saying things that you normally would say in order to people please and try to control their perception of you. And I was like, yeah, I am doing that. resonate with that so much but I look back on the years before I could discern the difference before I was standing in my power before I knew how to 
allow others to stand in their power without enabling or supporting, you know, poor behaviors. I was in relationships with people that I loved them just because they loved me. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I was unlovable. And just if they loved me, it was like, oh my God, this person yeah. loves me. Like, I have to be in a relationship with them. Like, oh my gosh. And they thought they were filling me up with all this love. And yet we would have these big breakdowns where they completely mistreated me. And rather than me asking why am I with this person who is not embodying the aspects or values of a person that defines a good partner to me, I was asking myself, constantly taking the blame. I'm like, why do they do this to me? Why do I keep finding people who do this to me? Why, 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 why? So it was all coming from a very empty, disempowered victim mentality. Jump to now where I'm a far more empowered being. If somebody mistreats me, that is not my responsibility at all. I can see that as an aspect of them that I am not responsible for and I don't actually feel affected by the mistreatment at all because it is only a reflection of that person. I know I'm worthy. I know I'm valid. I validate me. I love me. I'm amazing. This is my power and I can nourish and love myself as much as I need and if they don't, they're not worthy to be in my space. They don't embody you know, what it is that a, a good partner you know, means to me. So there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Huge. And I I love that we have those similar experiences. And I know because we've had some really good personal conversations about it. The way that it manifests now for us is quite different. And I think that that's a great conversation to have because you may have people-pleasing tendencies that you listen to my story and you're like, oh, well, I must not be a people pleaser because it doesn't sound like I do what Dana does. But if you hear things from Comet's perspective, you might be like, ooh, ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can see how I do some of those things. So I would love to know, like, now that you're in this far more empowered place and you've done so much inner work on yourself and you're feeling really good in your relationship dynamics, what are some of the ways that you stay in your power when people pleasing is present in, in yourself or maybe in partnership when other people are trying to control the, the perception that you have of them and you can see through that because you're so intuitive and psychic and you can see when it's happening. What are some of the tools that you could give people for staying in your power? Staying in my power. So definitely as with all things that begins with awareness mm-hmm. You need to truly, outside of relationship, outside of these interactions, you need to actually truly know what do you desire. Take the masks off. If you like, if nobody else in the world is listening, you have nothing to prove to anyone. Like it's only you and yourself alone. What do you actually truly want? What do you actually truly? need and understand that we've all had human experiences and we all have traumas and some of us need to be held and supported by friends and partners in different ways than what society says is normal you know if uh, someone has been traumatized a certain way you may need a partner who is way more sensitive and spends a lot more time with you If you are someone who is super independent, you may want a partner who wants to spend a lot of time separate and only spend a lot of quality time. Like you need to know what is it that's going to serve you? 
what is going to fulfill your life, what's going to add value and quality to your life, you need to know what absolutely does not work for you as well. So you need to have absolute clarity on your yeses, your fuck yeses, and your fuck noes. Um, and only then, when we've spent a lot of time with ourselves to really gain clarity on that, can we then really bring that into practice into a space with somebody where our, our boundaries are being tested or where our people pleasing, you know, our need to show up in these enabling or toxic ways are being tested so that we can witness that desire in us to try and fix the situation to eliminate the discomfort in that moment, which is actually not for our greatest good. We need to then go, okay, so how can I handle this situation so that I actually get what I need and honor my boundaries and allow this person to also stay in their power? We have to know who we are, what we love and what we desire. There's the first step, first and foremost. And then we have to actually uphold those boundaries and we have to uphold those desires. If you have non-negotiable desires that you need in your life in order to feel supported, and somebody in your space is not fulfilling that, and that's a problem with them, and it becomes a big issue, then you're just gonna have to make some tough decisions and start to eliminate people from your life and make space for the right people to come and enter into your life. So, um, yeah, does that? That was amazing, <laughs> that was so good. And I loved what you said about upholding the standards and upholding those non-negotiables because I myself am definitely um, aware that in the past I haven't been so good at this and I've worked with people who also really struggle with this. It's one thing to claim your desires verbally. It's one thing to journal like, this is what my soulmate looks like. And it's a whole other entity unto itself. It's a whole other beast (laughs) to actually go out into the world and mean it in action. Like your boundaries are two parts. They're what you say and they're what you do. And a lot of people struggle with the what I do part and we settle for less. So this looks like consistently settling. And one of one of the things that I've learned through my own personal journey of manifestation and working to create the desired reality that it is that I want and consistently calling in the type of home environment that I want, the type of friendships that I want, the type of partnership that I want, is that when we get really close to a manifestation coming in, we're often gifted with opportunities that look almost like what we want. They're so freaking close and they tick so many of the boxes, but they're not everything. And this, or they even embody like a, a strong non-negotiable for you. It wants to test you. Universe wants to test you really well. It's going to give you like 99% of what you truly deeply want. And then 1% of like an extreme non-negotiable that absolutely you do not want in your life. Exactly. And so many of us will be like, oh, but there's a magical wonder. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to worry about this one little little absolute non-negotiable thing over here that's going to totally ruin my life because it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, And it's it's a tough test. It's a tough test that we have to work through. Yeah. And whether we say yes or no, we're we're being given a gift because if if you settle you are going to learn the valuable lesson of why that was a non-negotiable in the first place. So, I mean, you can't, 
you can't mess it up. Like at the end of the day, you're still going to get what you want, but there is a path of least resistance. There is a path that collapses time between where you are now and where you desire to be. And that path is not the easiest path. Like, okay, sure. There's less resistance between you and what you want, but it is the most uncomfortable path to walk because it requires you to say no to things that in the past would have been like, oh my God, yes, like I'm receiving this, but it requires you to stay in your worth and say, no, this non-negotiable is present. And therefore this is a magnetic no. And I say magnetic no, because when you say no to these things, you literally become a extremely magnetic person who is going to invite in the thing that it is that you do want because you just became somebody different than you've ever been before. There's versions of you leading up to that moment that would have said yes time and time again to that thing that was less than you wanted. And as soon as you say no to settling for the first time in your life, you are amplifying your magnetism because you're stepping into your true authenticity for the first time. And you're literally embodying your worthiness, your worthiness that you are allowed to have everything that you want. And you are advocating for yourself for the first time saying, I deserve what it is that I want. I am worthy of the thing that it is that I want. And I refuse to settle for less. And let us clarify that Nobody in your space is responsible to have to give you everything you want. They're always in their power to choose whether they give you what they want or not. And then you're in your power to choose whether or not you keep them around, whether they're fulfilling those needs or not. This is embodied, authentic relating. Only when two authentic, self-honoring people can come together with with true authentic values and making empowered decisions. Um, And then that also eases a lot of pain. I might have a need that I express that I, I need this, I have to have this need fulfilled in order for you to be my friend, my lover, my boss. That person is in their power to say yes or to say no. We're not saying that just like find out what you need and what, and then everyone around you has to bend to that. No, it is always an exchange. It's always a conversation. It's always a two-way street. And then the more that we learn to navigate that, it becomes so much more easy. It feels terrifying the first time around. It's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Because our history has taught us that if we actually expressed a need, if we actually had a boundary, if we actually honored who we were, it was going to result in a very negative experience, in us being punished, in us being condemned, shunned, criticized, whatever the past trauma was. So we need to step out of that trauma response. People pleasing is a trauma response. And we need to then step into our empowered self to start expressing what we truly need. When we express and honor what we truly need, we can then express and we can then fully honor another person in their power. And they might say, I understand that you need that. And I actually cannot or do not want to fulfill that need. And you can say, wonderful. That's fantastic. Thank you for being open and honest with me. This relationship is not going to work. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. This is, that's a conscious relating. It's not unconscious relating just because things failed because you expressed a need that that person didn't want to feel. That's a beautiful thing. You can then separate ways lovingly with both of you opening up space to then find relationships 
that do fulfill you, that you both can reciprocate each other's needs equally in a way that keeps you both happy. Yeah. Amen to that. Because too, like a lot of times people who are people pleasers, they're like, oh, well, I just put everybody else first. And I always put my own needs last. And I'm just, you know, prioritizing everybody else because I'm so selfless. But no, one of the most selfish things you can do is pretend to be somebody that you're not to keep somebody in a relationship with you who thinks that you are the person of their dreams because you're faking it for them only for them to find out later that that's not who you are. One of the Which always builds up resentment. Always. People pleasers. And then if you're constantly fulfilling someone else's needs, when you actually don't want to be fulfilling those needs, there's like this piece inside of you that says, well, what about what I want? But you never actually speak up and say what you want. Or what about, I feel like I'm doing too much, but you never actually say that because you're busy people pleasing. You continue showing up in your own power. You're choosing to do that. And then you'll build resentment because you're not speaking your truth. You don't know what you want. You don't know what your boundaries. You don't know how to say no. You don't know how to say a real fuck yes. And you are ultimately 100% going to drink the poison of resentment. And then you're going to blame the person that you've been constantly showing up for with the excuse I've constantly given to you and blaming them for your constant outpouring when you are fully responsible for either setting boundaries or expressing needs. Somebody in your space cannot respect your boundaries or fulfill your needs if you don't express them. Yeah. Boom. Honestly. Boom, bitch. Boom, bitch. That's what I <laughs> Boom, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I honestly feel like that is so complete. That was so juicy. We, like, in 33 minutes, we just gave <laughs> so much, and it was so flowy, and there's so much value in there. I need to listen back to that. It channeled through <laughs> me, for me. Like, I need to listen back to that. It was so potent. So... I appreciate you. Thank you for giving your perspective. Yeah, that was beautiful. I love you too. (laughs) (sighs) All right, beautiful humans. We will catch you really, really soon. Again, if you want to connect with Comet, go check out her details in the show notes below. And all of you who are here because you are following along on my journey, this is a reminder that The Way is currently open for enrollment. Early bird pricing ends on March 15th. This is my year-long priestess initiation mastermind with all-inclusive access to every single program inside of the UR Intuit Mystery School, as well as a incredible sisterhood of women who are going to walk together to create their dream reality, become wise, wealthy, and wicked sexy using our innate potent, intuitive gifts. So let's go. If you're in, you know, if you know, you know, send me a DM, hit me up. The link will also be in the description below to go ahead and just sign up now and get started. Sending you all so much love and we'll talk to you really soon. All right, Intuits, that's all for this week, but I will catch you here on Reclaiming Purpose next week. And if you want more of this type of content, you can go check out the offers on youareintuit.com. The link is in the show notes. And for a chance to win a one-year subscription to all of our workshops and programs, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can enter you into our quarterly draw. I will talk to you guys so soon and have an amazing rest of your day wherever you are in the world.